Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag NFL. We had a really good setup there to make the best of it. And that's where we'll play our games too. So I know the longer you're away, eventually the setup um, is the least important thing. You know, you want, I want to keep our guys right. I don't know that, uh, that that Denver had any more of a challenge than we've had with Danucci or with uh, the young quarterbacks that we've had. Jerry Jones comparing the Cowboys and Broncos quarterback issues, which really aren't the same because they actually had a real quarterback who completed 21 passes, so... Not the same deal from Jerry. And Kyle Shanahan on the Niners going to Arizona. The toughest division in the NFL, PK. Not looking quite so tough. I think the Niners are out of it, but mathematically they're not, so I guess you never know. A big game for those teams. They're playing each other? Is that what you're saying? Hold on, I gotta see. Look at the light. I'll help you sneeze. Well, that, that'll do it? It usually does, yeah. All right. I'm going to live, I guess. The Niners and Cardinals do play in a few weeks. Oh, okay. I wish them both well. I'm a TV guy now. The Ravens and Steelers play today. You wish them both well? Or you want to see the Steelers go undefeated? Or you want to oh. see the Ravens get back in this? Or you don't care. It's just something to do on a Wednesday afternoon at 140. Yeah, I think for me it's something to do. You know, watching BYU basketball, and we'll get to that. I watched that yesterday, and I know they played today again three. So, yeah, for this is a great time of year to do it for a couple of reasons. As it's obviously it's winter, or approaching winter, technically. We view it as winter and not going to go out golfing. And then there's no jazz games in the evening. So it's not like uh, with a game in the middle of the day here that I have to sit in front of the television all day long and all night long because that's not the case. Jazz aren't starting yet, so I've got some free time. So I want to be able to watch a game. So I'm excited for the opportunity to watch this game. I mean, I never care who wins an NFL game. uh, I just want to watch the competition. So, yes, I'm excited for it. Niners are moving their entire operation to Arizona beginning this afternoon after Santa Clara County issued new COVID-19 protocols to prevent contact sports. Players rehabbing from injuries uh, are going to go to Arizona as well. Everybody's going, Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle included. 2020, baby. It's a weird deal. Follow the science. That's what I've been told. Eagles head coach Doug Peterson says he's not received any assurances from the front office that will keep his job for the rest of the season, but added that he's focused on getting his team ready for a showdown with the Packers. Eagles are 3-7-1, still in the hunt in the NFC. 3-7-1. Yeah, it's a tough schedule. They played Seattle last week and the Packers next week. Well, that's that's part of the magic, right? The NFC East team's playing the... uh, NFC West teams, and the West has been dominating it, and hence the West is getting all the praise, and the East is getting all the... the uh, Packers aren't in the NFC West. Nope. No, they're not. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. 
Hey guys, just wanted to uh, speak for a second about some comments that I made earlier tonight on our college football uh, ranking show. Made, made some comments about Michigan, about the potential of them waving a white flag and, and intentionally trying to avoid playing Ohio State by just saying, hey, we have too many cases and, and we're going to opt out. Um, I have no business at all saying that. I have no evidence of that. It's completely unfair to the University of Michigan, to Jim Harbaugh, to his players and coaches, and I just wanted to apologize. Kirk Herbstreit apologizing for claiming Michigan made Duck Ohio State. If you were watching the show to see BYU's rankings, and he blurted that out. And Reese Reese Davis gave him a chance to walk it back, and he walked it back a little way, but then he just completely apologizes for it. You think there's a lot of ducking going on in college football this year, PK? I mean, obviously, uh, Clemson was pretty mad at Florida State. Daba was all. That's the only one I'm aware of. Yeah. I don't know that I'm aware of any other one. Well, I'm not aware of it. That doesn't mean it happened or it did happen. I don't know. Yeah. Top seven teams in the college football playoff rankings remain the same. No change there. BYU up one spot. The change at the top is Northwestern falling after they lost. So BYU now 13th. Looking at that ranking, I think there's a couple teams that might be motivated to play BYU on the 19th PK. Oklahoma State, like BYU, Maybe with a big win, they could get into a New Year's Six if that's really important to them. Would they add a game? And Texas A&M, maybe they have a chance to get in the top four. Of course, they might think that they got a chance to get in, and they probably do if things break their way in the conference title games. But they might need some help as well, and so maybe they'd be motivated to play BYU. Because are you hearing anything about a game this week? No. Yeah. Doesn't seem to be anything out there floating around. So... Who might be motivated to play BYU on the 19th? Looking at those rankings, maybe those two teams, although they'll probably wait another week to see more rankings as they try to figure that out. ACC made a schedule adjustment for its top teams. It allows Notre Dame to clinch a spot in the ACC championship game. Clemson and Miami remain in the mix to face them. If Clemson beats Virginia Tech this Saturday, they'll clinch their spot. And a rematch against the Fighting Irish. The ACC giving teams some buys the week before the conference title game and uh, rearranging some of the other opponents so the teams further down in the standings have somebody to play. They're just really smacks PK of the ACC saying, hey, let's have our teams healthy for the title game. And we got two teams set for the playoff right now. And we got three teams set for New Year's Six. And let's not make them play again and risk that. Yeah, that's what I was talking about yesterday. Line them up. SEC's got to hate that, but not much they can do right now. Uh, Bob Stoops out of retirement for a day to help coach the Sooners as the team deals with the COVID-19 outbreak. Stoops issued a statement saying he plans to do the best to help out. However, he wants to keep a low profile. Me too. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. To me personally, the bubble was way easier. It was really no distractions. We didn't have to travel after games. We was leaving the arena sometimes 10, 11 o'clock after a game, and we would go right back to the hotel, and they had cold pools set up at the pool for us. And we just get our recovery in right after the game. They had food laid out for us, and we go up to our room, lay down. I mean, everything was laid out. It wasn't no plane after, bus to the hotel, check into a room, get situated. It was none of that. It was just like boom, boom, get up the next morning, practice all in one spot. So like our bodies was recovering faster. We was more rested. It was way easier to me. I think that's why you saw a lot of people just killing like that, (laughs) for real. Damian Lillard, bubble life was a piece of cake, PK. None of the distractions, none of the hard stuff like travel. Oh, yeah. 
There, there was no travel. I mean, that's a pretty good deal. Why wouldn't you enjoy it compared to what you normally do? Christmas Day schedule is out. Jazz aren't playing. Lakers and Clippers aren't playing each other. Clippers and Nuggets. I know some people are wondering if the Jazz would play the Nuggets because it was such a good playoff series, but the Nuggets had another good playoff series with the Clippers and another rally from a 3-1 deficit. So there's the Christmas Day. And the Nets and Kyrie Irving going to taking Kyrie back to Boston to play the Celtics. So hook up some of the drama. And Doncic is a star. They got him playing the Lakers, PK. Confirmation, the NBA wants to put him on as uh, big a stage as possible. Yeah, he is a star, that's for sure. Golden State Warriors have delayed the beginning of their team workouts. They had two players test positive for COVID-19 upon rejoining the team in the Bay Area for training camp. So uh, they're on hold right there. Wizards coach Scott Brooks said his team had a a positive test. So I guess uh, what we've seen with the NFL, we're about to see uh, with the NBA. Oh, goody, and we get to talk about it. Clippers made roster moves. Joe Kim Noah released, ending his career in all probability. They added veterans Nick Batum and Reggie Jackson on one-year deals. And a former Jazz guard, Rajon Tucker, was traded to Cleveland, got scooped up by the Clippers after Cleveland released him right after the trade. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. And so the ball comes in, the clock hits zero, and this thing is over. And we got a final now from Raleigh Durham, and it's Michigan State making some history, beating Duke on the road 75-69 to mark the first time the green and white have won in this building, Cameron Indoor, and it marks the first time Michigan State has ever beaten Duke during the regular season. I know one thing, I'm not going to put this as an asterisk, no fans or not fans, uh, you know, it was a good win for us against a good team, a great program, and a very, very well-coached team. Tom Izzo, loving the win at Duke, even if Cameron Indoor wasn't uh, wasn't bouncing and loud and raucous like it normally is. No asterisk from him. It's a W, baby. He'll take his W and go home. Uh, sure, yeah, I wouldn't put an asterisk either. I mean, why would they? Him playing the game and records are kept, scores kept, so forth and so on, yeah. After uh, three wins, BYU suffered its first loss. They're beaten. USC 79, the Cougars 53. BYU, a miserable day shooting the ball, 27.5%. Right from the, uh, right the get go, it was a struggle. The three pointer wasn't falling, and I was wondering if you were screaming it in your screen. Take it inside. But then they took it inside, and those shots didn't go in either. Yeah, I don't know that they have the capability of taking it inside against the Trojans and having success. I mean, they're a team that needs to hit three-point shots and perimeter shots. And what did they shoot in the 20s? I mean, it was uh, probably, you could argue, they're going to go the whole season not shooting that poorly. It's unfortunate for them. Uh, it was somewhat of a big stage. You know, Pac-12 teams got some NBA players on it. SC always seems to have NBA players. They don't ever seem to do anything with those NBA players, but they seem to have them in terms of, uh, when I say do anything, NCA success. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was an abysmal performance. And I like what Mark Pope said. I mean, you listen to him afterward. Uh, we need some soul searching. Uh, uh, everything went wrong. And so he didn't try to say, oh, it's just a one-off game. We didn't shoot the ball well. You know, we'll be back at it. No, he was much more realistic than many coaches would be in that situation. And so I know they got a ball game today against St. John's. They got an opportunity for at least a somewhat of immediate redemption. But for them going forward, it's going to be difficult 
if they can't hit perimeter shots. And no one outside. Uh, the, the Gideon George kid, I've seen him play a couple times now because their game's been on BYT, BYU TV. He looked good, and Harms looked good earlier in the game. But other than that, nobody did. Harms hit a three early in the game, and he finished with 11 points and uh, six rebounds. Barcelo really struggled. He was three of 11. Actually, he was the one guy who shot the three okay, I guess, two of four. Or two of five, excuse me. Uh, they were seven of 33 from the three point, on the three-point shots, but on the two-pointers, they were 12 of 39. And I really thought when they got inside, BYU um, just couldn't, couldn't get any open shots, good looks. It was just... Uh, USC was long and athletic and always seemed to have somebody there. And they tried to pass the ball inside, and that just led to turnovers. Uh, it was pretty frustrating. There was no rhythm, no flow, never seemed to have any confidence or get anything rolling offensively. 3 o'clock today, St. John's and BYU. That game's on ESPN2, and UVU will host Westminster in Orm at 6 o'clock. Dixie State hoping to start their season playing North Dakota tonight. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Dodger Hall of Famer Tommy Lasorda out of intensive care, but he remains hospitalized. He is 93 years old. He's been in the hospital since November 8th, and he's doing rehab at a hospital in uh, Orange County. Have you talked to any of your uh, people down there in L.A.? I mean, Lasorda is just obviously a Dodger legend. But at, uh, at 93, that sounds awful. No, but uh, I asked Frank up in heaven to uh, put in a good word for him. Sinatra, baby. <laughs> Chicago White Sox manager Tony Russa expected to change his plea to misdemeanor charges stemming from a drunk driving arrest nine months ago in Phoenix. He originally pled not guilty, plans to change his plea in court on December 21. Get that over with now that he's got a job with the White Sox and get through it as fast as possible, well, it sounds what's like. What's his today. plea? If you're going to change it, what is it? Well, I assume it's going to be guilty since he had pled not guilty. Really? Wow. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener. It's Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, David Nixon, BYU TV football analyst, former BYU linebacker, will be here at 8 o'clock. Riley Jensen. At 8.30, our college football insider, the former Aggie quarterback, and Frank Dolce, Utah football analyst and Ute insider for the Zone Sports Network will be here at 9. Stay with us. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone. In the Zone Sports Network. Well, I ain't Burt Reynolds and I ain't Tom Seller. Hot Takes of Toast brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. Get 0% financing for up to 72 months. 
plus a $2,500 purchase allowance on a new 2021 XT4, XT5, or XT6. Shop your way at Jerry Signer Cadillac. Question of the day. We're ready for your hot takes. The College Football Playoff Selection Committee ranks BYU at number 13. Can the Cougars beat any of the teams ranked ahead of them? Hot takes. Let's go, people. Hit us up on Twitter, David DJ James. Facebook, DJ and PK. Grab your phone. Use the open mic feature on the app. And y'all can play your take right here. It's a 15-second take on uh, what will happen if BYU plays someone in the top 13. Can they beat them? PK, the answers are, not surprisingly, all over the map. We got the disappointed idealist, Kevin, who says, we'll never know. Nobody schedules them this week. Nobody schedules them on the 19th. They get shut out of the New Year's Six, and they never get to play a team like that. So, Kevin will never know. Uh, we got some doubters here. Alex says one, maybe. Indiana. Indiana actually gets nominated a lot on this list because Indiana just lost their starting quarterback. Scott says Indiana lost their starting QB, so likely them. But even then, the committee would dismiss it and say they were undermanned. I think it's we go Indiana because they don't have the pedigree. That's the way this thing is. If they had the pedigree, if they had like Michigan State or, or Michigan, they'd have a lot more credibility. But they haven't been good, so no one really believes they're that good right now. No, they never believe it. It's just they, you believe, I'm speaking generally, about Indiana the way most folks believe about BYU. Mark says, I'd take BYU over Indiana because they just lost the starting quarterback over Iowa State because they lost badly to Louisiana and Cincinnati. That'd be enough to get into a New Year's Day bowl game. And Mark right there just picked three teams that uh, don't have pedigrees, certainly compared to the other, the other names in the top 13. Yeah, and that's that's what we do. It, it the it's funny the the ones who claim that there's bias against us, well, they have that same bias against others. How could Iowa State which, possibly have its best team ever? They just which suck. is awfully the case when someone's calling you something. A lot of times, that's exactly what they are. Here's a mirror. They don't realize it, but that's what they are. Aaron says I would take BYU over Cincinnati and Miami. All day long. All right. Miami's got a pedigree in the past, but not recent. Ryan thinks the committee has been very generous. Should I click on Ryan and see if he's a uh, Ute fan? Uh, He probably is, yeah. Ryan studied dentistry at Nova Southeastern University. I've never heard of Northern Southeastern University. That'll give me something to do during the break. Dave has a team with some pedigree. He says, Georgia's opponent's win-loss record is 12-29, and and they're being ranked at number 8, and strength of schedule is the main sticking point for BYU being at number 13. What a crock of... Oh, and he's got the poop emoji. Who has Georgia beaten? Is that what they're doing, though? Do we know that it's strength of schedule? Uh, that is what the committee chair has come out and said on TV, isn't it? I don't know. That's, yeah, that's I mean, that's two weeks in a row. Uh, that's strength of schedule. I haven't watched the committee chair. Uh, 
He's been interviewed two weeks in a row on the ESPN TV show. Because to me, this one doesn't matter. The last one. final. Yeah. And we, with or without the committee chairman, for BYU to get in, I thought they were going to have to play somebody else. So what this person says, whoever this person is, uh, to me, that was obvious. I didn't need he or she to tell me that. I felt all along that BYU was going to need to play somebody else. That for them, it wasn't going to be good enough. And this is what's come to pass. So if they get that game, and of course, obviously, you have to win, then at that point, what that poll says becomes the define, the definitive word. But until or if they get that, then no, I, I didn't think they were going to get in. Kyle believes that BYU's got a puncher's chance until they get to number four or better, in my opinion. So he's not picking them over Alabama and Clemson or Notre Dame and Ohio State. But you're saying there's a chance. Oh, to beat all those teams ahead of them? Yeah. I would sure like to see it. It would be a fun opportunity and a fun game for them to, if they need to prove themselves, then that's exactly what they would be. And it would be would be an opportunity to prove themselves. It would be a biggest game they played under Kalani for sure. Maybe the biggest game they played since Michigan, <laughs> way back when. So, do you buy there's a motivation for Oklahoma State to play him? Oklahoma State ranked 15, trying to get into New Year's Six, or Texas A&M at five, who might need a big win if. Uh, Depending on the outcome of that Clemson Notre Dame game, maybe they can just sit there and get in. You know, if Bama beats Ohio State and Notre Dame beats Clemson again, I think Texas A&M's probably in, and maybe they just want to sit and wait How for that. Would but Bama beat Ohio State. Excuse me, if Bama beats Florida in the SEC title game, then Ohio State and Notre Dame and Alabama and Texas A&M could be in. The number three team gets a second loss, and the number six team gets a second loss. I think that opens the door for one loss A&M. Maybe Cincinnati jumps over them, but I doubt it. So who's Alabama beating again? Alabama beating Florida in the SEC title game, number six. Okay. So that could clear a path for A&M, and so maybe their motivation be, hey, we're just going to sit here and see if things breaks our, our way. Or they could be thinking it'll be a close call if Clemson I, plays a close game. I guess game. I don't understand how if Alabama beating Florida helps Texas A&M. Uh, A&M's five, and I guess you could worry, would six jump over five? Well, what's the difference? Jump over to five? Who cares? Well, Texas A&M is sitting at five, so I think they care if they get into the top four. Right, but I don't see an order for Florida to jump Texas A&M. Something else has to happen. It's simply not you beat Alabama. That right. doesn't that doesn't uh, if work. A, if a spot opens in the top four, and I think if Notre Dame beats Clemson a second time, that would open a spot in the top four in my mind. So would it A&M slide up? Could Florida slide up based on how they play Alabama? I think they're probably going to get beat and get eliminated. Right, because you're just going to go with the higher, program, higher profile program. And Alabama doesn't tend to lose those games very often. Now, they do once in a while, but you're pretty safe picking right, Alabama. That's, hence, they're the higher profile program. <laughs> So do you think A&M would be motivated to play BYU? Or would Oklahoma State? Or I'm reaching and making stuff up because I have too much time on my hands to think about stuff. Yach started laughing. 
<laughs> of I can see that laugh behind the mask, Yak. Yak, remember I told you no emotions because every time you have an emotion, he tells me it. <laughs> so remember, remember I told you that. Come yes, on, now. I know, but that was just so. <laughs> turn DJ. your head, then. so so turn, on brand DJ, right? Turn there. your head then, because every time you have an emotion, he tells me. So turn your head. Recently, have you and, come back in the studio soon? And cough. Uh, so I I could, but. I wouldn't be surprised if Clemson got to stay in with two losses because they don't count the first one. Literally nothing Clemson can do to get themselves knocked out. Awesome. Well, that's, they can get hammered. I mean, they lose 48-5. to they're, they're not getting in. But if it's an overtime game, it's another close game, field goal right at the end, that type of thing, you can see where that committee would rationalize. Well, they had that other game there, and they would have won that. Yeah, come on. These, these two teams are dead even, so we'll, we'll just keep it the way it is. I, I think the bigger issue is Ohio State and not playing enough games. And what I'm hoping happens is that Ohio State – I mean, I don't want them not to play. That's ridiculous. Uh, I, I I don't have that much of a vested interest to want oh, somebody to have a virus so you can't play. Uh, but it would be sort of funny if it ended up being that way and they didn't get in the Big Ten title game, but yet the committee still put them in the Final Four. <laughs> that that would be funny if, if that were. I think this whole season's jacked up anyway. But that so, would be the most jacked up thing that could happen. Yeah. I mean, Of all the years of the teams that get in the Final Four – I, I couldn't care less who gets in. Uh, I just don't think it's a real season in that way. So they can choose whoever they want. But for BYU's sake, it's not about the Final Four, so I don't care about that. It is about the opportunity to get, which could be a once-in-a-who-knows-time uh, generational thing here to get in this so-called New Year's Day 6, and somehow that's just going to that's just gonna be the, the ultimate, which, you know, some get, – get, Getting in the Peach Bowl, I never knew, was this important. Uh, to me, it's not about getting into the Peach Bowl or the Fiesta Bowl or whatever bowl you want to put them in, Cotton Bowl. It's about an opportunity to prove themselves and shut some people up. The bowl game is the byproduct. I mean, I really don't care whether they play in the New Year's Day 6 or not. I would like them get the opportunity against somebody who's perceived to be bigger and better and then have the opportunity to beat them. And then, hell, go to whatever bowl game. Who cares? Uh, I mean, I know there's financial uh, benefits, but I don't receive any of that money, so I don't care. And I think BYU has enough people to pony up money, and all they have to do is uh, couch it in a way and say, hey, listen, brother or sister, and then you're going to feel a certain sense of obligation that you probably haven't felt that you could say at somebody else's school. So just give them a title before their names, and away they go, and the checkbook will open, and they can get some money in. But for them, the money matters. I don't discount money for sure. But for me personally, whether they play in the whatever bowl versus uh, the potato bowl, great. Go, go do it. I would just like to see them get that opportunity because then what you're asking them with the bowl game, well, now, okay, you proved it once, but now you got to prove it again. And if you don't prove it again, well, then the first time you proved it doesn't really count. <laughs> so we're, we just keep moving the goalposts for BYU. And whatever they prove, 
well, that's not good enough, and now it needs to be a 50-yard field goal. Well, that's not good enough. Now it needs to be a 55. So they're just going to keep moving the goalposts up BYU until they lose, and then they're going to say, see, we told you. So uh, it seems that seems just the way it is for the Cougars, and it seems like it's always been that way for the Cougars because anytime they win a big game, well, that team wasn't uh, at their best, you know. But if they lose a big game, it's never, well, BYU wasn't at their best. It was always, see, we told you, they're not good enough. So I would like to see them get a bigger brand name opponent to prove that they could do it. Now, if it so happens that that's in the New Year's Six, that's good enough for me. But I don't think that they can do that without first passing the initial test. So I think they're going to have to add a game either this week or on the 19th. Maybe or maybe next week and get San Diego State to move. I'm not sure how that would play out. So maybe that's a, that's another possibility too. Uh, and then if they do that, that's good enough for me. The byproduct is the bowl. So I'm not as hung up on the bowl because I think that that for for, for BYU's sake, once they went independent, they basically gave up the right to be considered for these bowl games, and they knew full well that it was going to be difficult to do it. So I don't see where they can sit back and complain. You can complain about the ranking all you want. and That's just 13 people's opinions. And I guess we put stock in those people's thoughts. I don't. You gave up. When you went independent, you knew that this could probably happen if you ever put together one of these seasons like this. But it's about an opportunity to me. I Much more important is to get that opportunity to – Shut some people up, knowing that you won't, because they'll just move the goalposts on you again. <laughs> That's great. You beat Oklahoma State, but they got three losses. They're not yeah. really that good. Right, right. And if you lose, it's going to be a big uh, See? Uh, we told you. Uh, that's what they always get against them. And if they beat one of these guys, ah, that, uh, that, yeah. Come on, this guy opted out, and uh, that guy was sick, and this guy had COVID, and on and on it goes. It seems to me, since I've been here and started following BYU, uh, that's the way it's been. I think if you're not in a Power Five, that's going to be the deal. You're going to be dismissed. You're going to be undefeated. If you're not in a Power Five, they're going to keep you away from the biggest games. Which probably made the decision to risk that all the easier because they already knew that at that point. And this is, your, this is the year they're risking it. I think it's two things for BYU. I think there are a lot of BYU fans who, uh, who sign off exactly on what you said. They want to see this team tested against uh, you know, a team loaded with NFL guys that's got a good rep, got a good record, and is highly ranked. Um, but I think for a lot of fans, they see the New Year Six as validation you know, the nation, although it's really, like you say, it's a handful of people, but the nation acknowledging this Cougar team is really good. They want to hear somebody say that or, or do something well, they're already that saying underlines it. that. If that's, your, if that's what you want, Herb Street, Urban Meyer, uh, on and on. They're, they're already saying it. Tim Brando. So you're already getting that. What do you want? What more do you want? You already got that. You've been getting the goal of independence was exposure. They, they use that word a thousand times over. All right. You, you are achieving. Your goal has been achieved. You've got all the big names of the sport, the identifiable big names. You're already getting all that. So what's the problem? What more do you want? 
They want the committee to say it too. The official rubber stamp. Well, nobody can name anybody on the committee. But yet you, you, we know who Urban Meyer and Herb Street are. They're the biggest names out there. Herb Street's the biggest guy at ESPN, and Urban Meyer is the biggest guy at Fox. And those are your two college football giants. I mean, I, the, the Fox pregame show, in my mind, is better than what ESPN puts out in game day. They don't. They stay in Los Angeles. I think they do it. I'm not sure, but I think that's mm-hmm. where they do it. So they don't go to uh, various locations. And my my favorite thing with the game day is when are you going to introduce the the death story? <laughs> now, who died? That you're going to put that in there and play on our emotions. You know or what what type of tragedy are you going to help me put it in perspective? And you're going to have the soft music. <laughs> it's a television show. Tom Rinaldi, <laughs> go ahead. Tom Rinaldi's three minutes. Tom Rinaldi is my hero. Because? He's mine too. Because years ago, <clears throat> 1998, I've told you this story. We were, the, the watchdog sent me down to L.A. The big break with the Jazz were going to the finals. And so, or maybe it was 97, and they were going to, into the conference finals. And they sent me down there, and, and I had to go to the forum to cover a Laker practice. And it's one of those deals where the practice, it's going to end at this time, but really it's an hour later, so you just stand around. Yeah. And at that time, Tom Rinaldi was working for CNN back when it was a legitimate news organization, not the crap that it is now. And they had sports. And uh, we he was telling me that he was doing some news and he wanted to get into sports. It was his goal to get into sports. And we sat there or stood there in the, in a hallway and had about a 20 minute conversation of uh, what he wanted to do. And I was, I, I was just chatting him up. He just decided to, to have a conversation with me and he got it. And he, and it was, I, I love those stories of somebody who has a goal and doesn't have a somebody to give it to them because of their name, and they work for it, and they get it, and they achieved. Because that's what I believe. My core, and I know for some it's harder than others. I get it. I get it full well, and I don't get it as much as they get it, but I understand that at least 10%. Uh, and he had this goal, and he was working for it, working for it, and he wanted to get it, and he got it. And now he's interviewing Tiger, Tiger Woods at the Masters and all the stuff that he does. It's awesome. So... And that's the one and only conversation I ever had with Tom Rinaldi. It's not like we're friends. I just spent 20 minutes with him in a hallway at the Fabulous Forum waiting for a Laker practice to get done because the Jazz were playing them down the line or maybe they – I don't remember what the circumstances were, but I just remember standing in the hallway talking to Tom Rinaldi. So, anyway, back to Fox. They have a legitimate pregame show. And and Urban Meyer – there is not a bigger name in college football than Urban Meyer. There's some who are as big. I mean, obviously Saban is as, as big, and Sweeney has worked his way up there. But I don't think they're bigger than Urban Meyer. There's not a job in his country that Urban Meyer could not get. Who wouldn't fi- except Alabama and Clemson. <laughs> who, who wouldn't fire their guy or promote their guy to assistant athletic director <laughs> to, uh, to get Urban Meyer? And he's given BYU all this cred. You can't get more street cred than somebody on a committee who they're all these folks are anonymous. 
Paula Bovin, come that's on. It. And that's the only one we know. R.C. Slocum, former Texas A&M coach. I didn't know R.C. Slocum was on the, on the committee. Ronnie Lott's on it. I didn't know Ronnie Lott was on it. I could name probably about five or six of them. I can't get all 13. I'm, I can name three because you just gave them to me. Well, there you go. Well, I knew Bovin because she is, was you, a, ASU. Well, she's a faculty member there, mm-hmm. yeah, but she was in L.A. media member when I was over there, and then she went over to Arizona. And so we've had her on the show, uh, and I respect her opinion. I've talked to her over the years a little bit here and there. So I respect her opinions, but she's not Urban Meyer. And so when you when you look at it, can BYU – you could be upset about the placement, but can you be upset about the publicity? Because the whole intent was exposure. You are getting exposure in droves this season. If they had been eighth – or ninth, or you know, somewhere close to where the media. Are. I don't think Kalani Sataki ends up getting interviewed on the debut show. He got interviewed because they were fourteenth. Uh, yeah, I'm not so sure about that because then it would be, wow, can you believe they're that high? They would just move the discussion, but BYU would still be a topic of discussion. Because there's nobody else in there. It's the same friggin' teams every year. And this year they don't have a Pac-12 team in there because they haven't played any games. And SC, here we are in December, and still hasn't played a team or still hasn't beaten a team that's won a game this season. So that's why Ohio State's 16 spots in front of them? Or just because Ohio State's brand name over the last five well, years and they had Urban? Because Ohio State with four games, I mean, that's not very many. That's not much of a sample size. You're basically saying Ohio State's great. We know they are. We don't care if they play or not. Right. Well, it's about your your strength of schedule. See, that's the whole thing. Your strength of schedule. Ohio State doesn't have a strength of schedule. Rutgers. Schedule. Rutgers. Terrible. Yeah. Nebraska. Really bad. Right. Penn State. Epically horrific year. Indiana. And, and, There's yeah. the one. They got that one. And Indiana, well, if you're going to compare BYU, their one is Boise. And who's had a better program, Boise or Indiana? Boise. Duh. But yet, it's Ohio State because just call up any mock draft, and they probably got four guys in the first round. So, sure, there's all sorts of inherent biases. And... I don't think, to go with Urban Meyer said, that the majority, and I could be wrong, but I don't think the majority of these folks on the committee are pressing play. And studying, I would venture to say that there would, they wouldn't know who Brady Christensen is for the Cougars. More than likely, these people have other things to do. I mean, this, this is a, basically a part-time hobby. For them, it's the same thing with the uh, NCA selection committee. They ask these folks, "Okay, you you have the swack, so go study the swack." So they studied for a little bit, but at the same time, they've got other jobs. That's where their paycheck is coming from, and I don't know if they're getting any money for this thing. But they're not spending. You're not going to uh, neglect your full time gig that's drawing the majority of your paycheck for something else. 
There's a reason why if I had another, I don't, but just hypothetically, if I had another favorite NBA team and they were playing at the same time as the Jazz, and it's two separate games, which game am I watching? Yeah, probably watching the Jazz. Yeah, because my paycheck depends on me watching the Jazz. <laughs> so you darn well better believe I'm watching the Jazz <laughs> because my, my paycheck is awfully important to me. Same thing with this committee. So you're expecting them to have this intense knowledge. I wonder, Urban Meyer, as he said, he presses play. I wonder how many of those folks on this committee are pressing play. Uh, Slocum's the ex-coach whose name I recognize. I don't recognize all the names. Maybe some of them coached at some level and would press play. But I would, right now I'd pick the number one. Well, Urban said there were three guys on the committee. that were that. Now, that doesn't mean they don't have legitimate opinion. I'd probably, if I were on that committee and charged with that, I'd probably be thinking the same thing. DJ and PK coming up. David Nixon, BYU TV football analyst, 8 o'clock. Riley Jensen at 8.30, the college football insider, former Utah State quarterback. And Frank Dolce, our youth football insider, coming up at 9 o'clock. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. I want to see the productive targets targeted. Brian Thompson needs to be targeted no fewer than 10 times a game. And I don't care how you get it to him. The same thing can be said about Brent Keithy. And then, if those two are closed up and the passing game isn't working, go to Ty Jordan. Wilmore, Brumfield, you guys are great. You'll get your reps when Ty's tired, but put the ball in Ty Jordan's hands. He needs a minimum of 15 to 17 carries a game. I know that this can upset people, but if you're out there and you're listening, be you a coach or a fan or whoever, and you're saying to yourself, well, you're not targeting Thompson because Jake Bentley can't make all the throws. If that's the issue, well, then find a freaking quarterback that can make all the throws. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK brought you in part by Mark Miller. DJ PK in the morning, sponsored by Mark Miller's Subaru. We're talking. I'm done, by the way. You're done? This I'm, is it? You've checked I'm out in, mentally and now I'm just... In the Caribbean right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All right, enough of the college football rankings. Now PK ranks Caribbean islands. <laughs> I have gone. It's December 2nd, and Kenny's singing about the Caribbean. Uh, this is so... This is... Oh, man. You, you have these dreams, right? And I never would have remembered it. But you just triggered it, and then something happens later in the day that you reflect on the dream. So this is this is absolutely happened to me as a dream last night, right? I dreamed that Kenny came on our show. What? You, yeah, you and I. You know how they do those things? They'll do it like if they're doing a concert that day, yeah. that evening. Yeah. They'll go to the whatever genre they're playing. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Kenny has done that. And so, uh, you know, we've been in buildings where they had country stations, right? Yes, absolutely. So, we've had stars come through. Yeah. Let me send some emails. Yeah. We should try and get him on. He's a football guy. Oh, big time. Big time. All right, let's guy. do it. I'll send absolutely. some emails. He's hardcore. He's hard. he, could, he a Tennessee guy all the way. And as I told you, he cut a song with Peyton Manning and played in Peyton Manning's backyard uh, when K- K- Peyton was getting ready to get out of college at the end there when it was done because uh, I got the Kenny uh, – uh, satellite station so I listened to it but yeah so he came in sat down 
and we were interviewing him. And then Yak plays, and I've got this tune. He has a Christmas album and that thing. And all I want for Christmas is a real good tan. And it just conjures up, like that one Corona uh, beer commercial that they play this time of year where it's like a little uh, cutout like of a little bay. They're whistling. Palm trees, and they're whistling. And I told my wife, this is my favorite Corona commercial. Uh, if you can take me to the islands, I am, I am in, especially now. Oh, my gosh. So you guys can break down sports. I am right now going to just be on a catamaran sailing over. <laughs> catamaran. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you panicking on a catamaran. What do we do now? No, I don't do it. They take me. Nice. It's a tour. He's rolling in the, you know, like that net they have between. Yeah, the... yeah. I'm hanging out there. <laughs> I got my ear, my ear, what do you call them? I got the little things you stick in your ear. Your headphones. Yeah. Yeah. Just those things you get at Costco. I, I got them, and two little things in my ears, and I got my phone. And I could just play and and put my island music on. So that's what I'm doing right now. So you guys, you can break down whatever you break down. Ready to go? Oh, we're breaking down islands, the Bahamas. Short, I, shortest I, flight possible from Miami. I wrecked a segment with one. So. Or are you more? Are you more Puerto Rico? That's a longer flight, though. You've been to both for basketball, haven't you? I've not been to the Bahamas for basketball. Uh, I've been to Puerto Rico. I've been to the Bahamas. Uh, I went five years ago. I know it because right before we went, we got our TSA pre-check thing, and it just came that it expires in May. (laughs) So they send you things six months ahead of time to renew it. And so that's how I knew we were in the Bahamas, yeah. So I did go to the Bahamas, and uh, that was awesome. The water, the water in the Caribbean is just, just incredible. So yes, but I've been to, I've been to Puerto Rico for basketball. I've been to St. John's, or excuse me, St. Thomas, for basketball, uh, and that was fun. I did that one time take the catamaran over to St. John's, the smaller island. I'm looking for it. Where is it? I don't know. It's out there somewhere. <laughs> Thanks, PK. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Do east? I don't know. <laughs> but we had the day off because the Cougars didn't play on Sunday, so I did one of those little charter things that the hotel sets you up with. You go down and uh, you uh, hang out. Like I did that twice. My father-in-law sent us to the Caribbean for our honeymoon because he worked at American Airlines. He's deceased now, uh, but he worked for American and so he gave us a trip uh, there, and I actually did do that. That's why I did it again, because I had I had done it. Uh, and the funny story was, so we're married uh, probably a couple years, and we go to St. Thomas, and we're going to take that catamaran over to St. John's, right? So we get down there, uh, I think it was a Sunday morning at like uh, 8 o'clock, and you had to, we're, we're taking off at 8, so you get there a little early. Well, uh, they had continental breakfast, and I am throwing down what I thought was orange juice. But unbeknownst to me, orange juice was only a portion of what was in, <laughs> the, in the beverage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I had about four of them as I'm eating the continental <laughs> breakfast. Get a little lightheaded, so the PK. rest of the day was pretty well nap shot. Time, nap time for PK? And I told my wife, I said, man, this is really good. So she, I said, you got to try this. This tastes great. She tastes it. Uh, yeah, I think they got something else in it. <laughs> By that time, I'd had four. <laughs> I was so naive, Mr. Streetwise. 
punk that I am, because I uh, without going too much into my past, I I never really had been involved with uh, anything outside of Budweiser and those types of things, and so I had no experience with that, and so I had no idea. It didn't even dawn on me that that's what they would put in that thing. So I'm sucking them down like crazy. Yeah, these are great. Hey, PK, get off the top of that thing on the catamaran, <laughs> would you? <laughs> I'm the king of the world. Is there, is there evidence of this day anywhere that we can dig up? This one um, eyewitness would be my guess. There were no cell phones in those times. But, yeah, so uh, I was feeling no pain, unbeknownst to me. So each time one of these guys said, yeah, I unknowingly ingested these things on the steroids. Uh, you know, maybe. I can relate. <laughs> I unknowingly ingested all this alcohol, and I had no clue what I was doing. Oh, my gosh. It's so funny. St. Thomas, that's a little haul now. I found that island. It's, uh, it's due east. That's a, good, uh, that's a good 15 miles, it looks like. Oh, St. John's or St. Thomas? St. Thomas. Yeah. Well, St. John's is smaller. Oh, okay. I haven't found it yet. I'll work on that. St. Thomas, that's because that's where the Cougars played uh, in one of those tournaments. Anything to fill up hotels, right? Yeah, yeah, and they put you on the other side of the island, and I guess that's where they had filmed Weekend at Bernie's or something. Oh, really? They were saying, yeah. It was over over Thanksgiving, because I had spent a number of Thanksgivings away from my family because there's College hoops. always seem to be tournaments. Yeah. yeah, and I've been to Maui like four times. Not, no, I'm not complaining, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's like the uh, I was covering BYU basketball. Uh, excuse me, I covered BYU football Lavelle's last season, except for the last game of BYU's uh, Lavelle's game. I was sitting in a hotel in Puerto Rico watching it on television because the Utes were playing in a tournament in Puerto Rico basketball. All right, we got to take a break here. When we come back, David Nixon, BYU TV football analyst, former BYU linebacker. He joins us coming up next. A lot of college football. Riley Jensen talking Aggies. Frank Dolce talking Utes. All on the way. Stay with us.